Hello, my name is Aaron Wardle. I'm one of the pastors here at Cornerstone. And as we begin to wrap up our series entitled Sheltered Into New Life over the next few weeks, what I want to do is spend some time today looking at the life of Joshua and how he responded when life as he knew it was disrupted and he had to move into a new season, a new land, a new role. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I thank you for the opportunity to come and share. I ask that as I give this, Lord, that uh, as we are recording this, that what you were wanting to say translates, Lord, from my words through the screen. Lord, what's of me may be forgotten, what's of you may it stay. Lord, may you show us what it looks like for us to emerge from one season as life has been disrupted and we move into a new season and that we move through that, not falling into the traps of foolishness and fear, but moving forward, Lord, in faith. Will you please guide and direct us, Lord, in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. We talk a lot about story here at Cornerstone. Gene talked about it last week. It's always in Brian's sermons. The invitation to live a big story. And one of the things that all great stories have in literature is something called an inciting incident. Writers use this to draw the reader in. And an inciting incident is an event that upsets the status quo in the life of the protagonist. In the main character... It is an event that is thrust upon them out of their control that alters the course of their life and really begins something exciting. But it's always out of control, out of their control, and it always disrupts the status quo. I don't know about you, but that definition sounds exactly like what we've been living in for the last six months. We are living in, you and I and everyone around the world are living in an inciting incident As we are a character, we've had the status quo disrupted, and we've had situation thrust upon us. And what an inciting incident does is it causes us to focus our vision and our values as we begin to move forward. It draws in the character. And one of the things I love about looking at it like this is, instead of the global pandemic ruining my life, as it has ruined many people's lives, please don't want to be sensitive to that. But one of the things, as this has been thrust upon and the status quo has been broken, one of the things that's exciting is, it is an opportunity, not just an obstacle. But it's where things get interesting, and it leads us into a great story. But as you and I have been navigating this inciting incident of a global pandemic, met with economic crisis, met with racial division, met with hurricanes, met with wildfires, oh, and also a very tumultuous polarizing political landscape, we are living in a time of an inciting incident that has been thrust upon us. And the question that I have for us, as every reader, and all the audience that watches a story unfold, the question becomes, how will they respond? How will we respond and how can we move forward? I believe the answer for us in how we are to respond to the inciting incident that has been thrust upon us, if we will turn to the book of Joshua, one through uh, chapters one through three, we see that in the life of Joshua, we see the answer of how we are to respond. And the way that we respond to this inciting incident that we live in is the same way he did, with and by faith. In the book of Joshua, 
And I won't read this, I'm going to paraphrase, but in the book of Joshua, it begins with these words, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, this is not what Joshua expected. An inciting incident has occurred in the life of Joshua, and he had been the servant of Moses for almost his entire life, and now Israel is about to enter into the promised land, but there is an incredibly different thing that happens, and the status quo is broken, and Moses dies, and now Joshua is left there without his mentor and leader, and he is left there to lead the people into the promised land. This has been thrust on him, and this was not the plan that he had for himself. And things will never, ever be the same again. And the Lord speaks to Joshua. And he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river of the Euphrates. And it goes on and on. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all that the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have success. Goes on and the Lord encourages him and gives him more instructions. And after hearing that, Joshua goes back and he gathers the people, the elders, and he gathers them and he begins to tell them what the Lord has said. And he tells them, prepare, the time has come, we're entering into the land. Make provisions for in three days, we're crossing over. We're leaving this season of sheltering and we're moving across the river into what the Lord has promised us, into a new future that will have its own opportunities and obstacles. And so the people say to him, we are with you. This is what God wants. We will be with you just as we were with Moses. Imagine Joshua in that moment maybe saying like, hey, how about a little bit better than you were with Moses? Because you gave him a hard time. But the people say, we are with you. And then Joshua goes and he finds two spies, two scouts. Now that sounds familiar because Joshua and Caleb were among the spies back in the day when Israel was scouting along the promised land when they didn't enter into it. And take, he takes two spies this time instead of 10. Last time it was two against eight who said, we're, we're going to go into the land. This time he's saying, it's going to be 50-50. We're either going or we're not. And we're going. And so he sends these two spies in. And they go into Jericho and they go into the city and Rahab hides them. And they scout out what is going on. They get the lay of the land. The people are preparing to cross over and Josh sends, Joshua sends a special group in to get the lay of the land. What is the obstacles? What are the opportunities that we're gonna face? What does it look like on the other side when we get there so that we are prepared? And they go in and they are protected by Rahab and they make a trade that they will protect her life when the time comes for them to overthrow the people of Jericho. And when the spies come back to Joshua, 
They say, truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. Also, all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. So Joshua heard the Lord. Joshua heard the people. And then Joshua heard the spies. And then we move from that time that the time has come. He heard the Lord. The time of preparation is over. And now is the time to enter into the land. And so Joshua gets up early in the morning. And he begins to pray and he begins to, to speak to the people and he organizes them in such a way that they're organized by tribes and that they have the Levites who will get the Ark of the Covenant and bring it in front of all the people. And when the Ark of the Covenant is in front of us and there's social distance, spiritual distancing between the Ark of the Covenant and the people, and whenever the Ark of the Covenant that is carried by the priest comes to the edge of the water, the people are to follow. Now the interesting thing as Joshua gets ready to lead the people into the promised land across the Jordan, is it's really interesting timing. Because the Jordan is at flood stage. It's overflowing its banks because it's at harvest time, and that's just the way it happens all the time at this year. And so I wonder if the people are saying, hey, uh, Joshua, we know we're supposed to go, but are we supposed to go right now? Because this is the worst time possible that we could go. There is this obstacle that's in front of us. And Joshua says, get ready, for when the feet of the priest touch the river, it will cause the river to split at a place called Adam and we'll be able to move across on dry ground. I'm sure the people remember the stories of Israel crossing the Red Sea. And they say, all right, here we go. And so the people gather courageously and the priests go and they carry the Ark of the Covenant to the edge of the river. And as soon as their feet touch, the river splits and they are able to walk on dry ground. And the Ark of the Covenant stands in the middle and the people pass by the presence of God as they're entering into this new season. They pile up rocks in the middle and they pile up rocks on the other side. And they move into the promised land. And their celebration. But there is a lot of opposition and obstacles that's to come. But the one thing that we see in this is we see that there is an emerging of a new season. And as I said before, the emerging of a new season and the way we move into it, and I'm just going to pause our story there because it's really exciting to see what happens in chapter 4 and 5 and to see all the ways that Israel is able to occupy the promised land. But one of the things that we clearly see is that there is a necessity as they move forward for faith. This inciting incident that has been thrust upon them, that the status quo is broken, that life as they know it is completely different. It will not be as how it had been because it, and it will be totally different in the future. Life has changed. And the necessity as they navigate this is to respond with faith. But not just any type of faith. They're respond with something I'm going to call discerning faith. And I want to unpack that in a moment. And why do I call it discerning faith? First reason is, that's what my dad has called it when he taught me this. The second reason is, we're discerning what God is doing and stepping in line with it. It isn't saying, God, will you do this? And we then move forward. It's saying, we see God doing this, and now we will have the faith to move forward. This is type of faith that is more like God initiates instructions that we then respond to. 
Does that make sense? God initiates instructions. He says, this is what you're to do. And we respond in obedience by doing that. There are other places within scripture where there's times where our faith actually initiates a response from God. Jesus has time when people come up for healing him and he says, is amazed by their faith and he heals them. But the type of faith that we see in this inciting incident, and I would argue to say it's the type of faith that we see in many inciting incidences throughout scripture with uh, Abraham, with Noah, with Moses, with David. We see it with Jesus. We also see it in the book of Acts at Pentecost that this is a type of faith where God says, I am doing something and life has changed as you know it and get in line with what I am doing. Respond to what I am doing with active faith. And so discerning faith is a little bit different. And for Joshua, this is really important. Because this isn't his first time around the mountain. You see, Joshua has seen Israel respond to inciting incidences not well. He saw them when Moses was on top of Sinai and was getting the commandments. And he was up there with him and he was guarding He saw that as the delay came, that the people down there started to get unrest and to not know what was going on and what they should do. And he saw them move foolishly into convincing Aaron to make a golden calf and beginning to worship that. That was foolishness. The people got nervous. They wanted to do something. They wanted to move forward. There was an inciting incident where their leader was gone. They weren't sure what to do. And they moved forward in foolishness. And Joshua knows this. But then the next thing we also see that Joshua saw as 10 spies, as I mentioned before, enter into the promised land and they come back and say, there's giants in the land. God had given them the opportunity. There was an inciting incident where they could have entered into the promised land right then. But because of the fear of the people, they held back and said, we're not going in. And so Joshua has seen this example of how people have responded not well to inciting incidences, foolishness, just running ahead, and fear holding back when they should have moved forward. And so Joshua has this discerning faith. And as we look in this passage, there's a few things that I want to bring out. I want to unpack. Because I think it gives us a broader scope of what this type of faith looks like and how we can apply it to this season that we are in as we see it from the season that Joshua is in. The first thing we see is that discerning faith, discerning faith is demanding. It's demanding. And it demands listening. It's not speaking, God, will you do this? It is listening to what God's saying he wants to do. We see that when Moses dies, God comes to him and says, this is what is going to happen. This is what you're to do. You're to lead the people across the Jordan into the promised land. And Joshua hears the word of the Lord and he has faith that it's him. He hears the words of the Lord. He hears the instructions of God. There's timing in which it says it's gonna happen in three days. There's also encouragement for him when he begins to doubt. Now, Joshua, listen, I have spoken this to you. You're gonna go do this. But one of the things you need to do is be strong and courageous. 
Go back and look at the word that I have said before. Let that encourage you. But know this, hear me and obey me. Discerning faith has hearing what God has said we are to do. Discerning faith also, as we go down in the passage, you see that when when Joshua brings this to the people, the people hear that this is what God wants to do, and they discern and they say, yes, this is what God is up to. Let's move forward. And so there's two layers in his listening. He listens to God. He listens to the elders who are saying, we are with you. We are moving forward. And then there's even another layer of listening. We see that as he sends spies into the land to see the signs of the times and the things that are going on, and they come back and they say, hey, thumbs up. All systems go. Let's move forward. He listens to them. And so there's a discernment to know the voice of God that is confirmed by the elders and the other people by what is going on. And it creates an encouragement for him to move forward with this discerning faith to know that season is over. And we are to enter into a new season which will have different opportunities, different uh, 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 obstacles and opposition. But I know that God has said we are to do this and I know that the people have confirmed this and that the signs of the times show it's time for us to go. The next thing we see that discerning faith not only demands listening, but it demands preparation. You don't just see them once he hears the word of the Lord just going, all right, everybody, all million of you, let's go. Let's run across. Every man, woman, child for themselves. No, he doesn't do that all. He begins to prepare the people and saying, this is what God wants to do. Organize yourselves by tribes. Make provisions for in three days. He's really specific. You got three days to get your house in order because we are headed out. He's preparing them. And then he even sends scouts into the land to see what are the obstacles, the opposition, and the opportunities that are in front of me. I love that. This isn't just a reckless, foolish move that he puts under faith. But he strategically hears the word of the Lord, listens to his people, and then he prepares them to get ready. Then he knows what the landscape is going to be like, which moves us to our last point for discerning faith. We listen, demands that we prepare, but also demands that we have courage. For when Joshua got up, on that day that it was time for them to cross, he had to trust God, the confirmation of others, the words of his scouts. He had to trust, this is the time and I'm to do this. The next thing that he had to do, he had to trust that God would get them through the obstacle. There was a promise that was made. It's time to move out. The inciting incident has been laid down, and now there is a river at flood stage in their way. And he had to trust that God would lead them through the obstacles in front of them. And to have courage to get his priest to walk to the edge of the waters. I can only imagine that moment as the priests are getting closer and closer to the waters. (laughs) As Joshua is saying, I sure hope we heard right, because that's the Ark of the Covenant. And the final thing we see is is that not only that they had to trust that God was speaking, they had to trust that God would get them through the obstacles, they had to trust that on the other side, 
that God would help them face the opposition because they were headed into a time where they would be at war with those who were occupying the land. Moving into the promised land did not mean that all conflict was over. But they had to trust in God's timing. They had trust that God would get them through the obstacles and they had to trust that God would help them face the opposition. You know, this story for me right now feels so poignant because it feels like the time that we're in. And I am not making a prophecy to say we have moved out of sheltering and we're moving into another season, but there begins to see a glimmer that we are starting to emerge from one, what one season was like and we are emerging into a new season that is different from one that we've ever experienced before. And so because of that, I want us to go in and look and see, oh wow, there is precedence. When we are emerging from one season into the next, when we are responding to an inciting incident, we respond with discerning faith that listens to God, that listens to wise counsel, that prepares and that moves forward in courage, with courage, even when there is obstacles and opposition. The way that this applies for me is over the last months. You know, for the first four months of our time of sheltering. As a pastor here at Cornerstone, I just kept asking the Lord, Lord, what, is, what are we to do? What are we to do? How are we to innovate? How are we to respond to this? And didn't really feel anything. Didn't really hear anything. We, there were some ways in which we tried. But then it began to shift. And many of us on staff confirmed by others, and the signs of the times show this, that we began to feel like the Lord was saying through his word, do not stop gathering together. It's not good for you to give up gathering together. And so with that in mind, we began to listen and say, that's the direction in which the Lord is calling us to. Now, when we begin to hear that, the one thing that happens is you instantaneously have two responses when people say, it's time for us to gather together. The first one is, yes, you throw off the mask, you fill the room up with as many people as you can, and you throw away all precautions and requirements. Friends, that's foolishness. That's right up there with like the golden calf. <laughs> We're not going to do that. The other thing that happens is there's another group of people that just say, you know what? No, that's not God. It's not safe. We can't do that yet. And so we hang back and we don't move forward in that. And so we see these things that as we're making a decision of how do we respond, we really believe that God is saying it's not good for you to not gather. It's not good for you to be alone. And so gather together. And I really believe that the Lord is calling us to create safe and sacred places where people can encounter God and connect with one another. But we don't do that by just throwing out all the regulation and we don't do that by holding back and saying, no, we can't do that. We are moving forward as we see this example of discerning faith. We hear God saying that. And so as a staff, we begin to talk about that. As the elders, we talk about that and each confirming to say yes. As we begin to see the signs of the times where people are not doing well because they are alone and they're not gathering, we begin to see, you know what? That is showing us we need to do this. And so the next thing we do is we begin to prepare and we've been looking, using this to look at the landscape of how do we gather together? Okay, 
We're going to have to work within regulations. And so it's not going to be groups of 100. It'll be groups of 10s and 20. It'll be outside. We'll do these in such a way that we move forward to saying this is the way that we can do this. Even though there are obstacles, this is how we move forward. And one of the things that this has done for me is it's begun to just as that inciting incident of COVID-19 canceling our ability to gather together, what's emerged from it is this inciting incident to say, you know what, we must be together. We must create places where we connect with God and connect with one another. But we move out as we see what God is calling us to. Not doing it and then saying, God, will you bless us as we go do this crazy thing? No, we hear his voice and then we move forward. And we prepare our people in such a way to say this is how it needs to happen. Just like with Israel organizing the tribes so that they could cross over. Oftentimes as, as, as staff and as leaders here at church, it feels like we're organizing the tribes into smaller groups so that we can emerge and move in this season. Now that example isn't perfect. But one of the things that it has done for me is it begins to show me how I respond to an inciting incident. That this layer upon layer inciting incident that we have experienced for the last eight months is an opportunity for us to move forward in a great story. We mourn the tragic things that have happened. We mourn the tragic things that could happen in the future, but we move forward in faith saying, God, we have heard what you're saying. We confirm it with our people. And we move forward with discerning faith. This is what I want to invite you to. I invite you to begin a period of time of just listening for the voice of the Lord. Just listening for what God is, to, is saying of how you are to respond to the inciting incident and how it has impacted the status quo of your life. How are you to respond? How are you to move forward with discerning faith, listening to God, having it confirmed by his people, preparing for that to be able to move forward in those things and asking God for courage to move through the obstacles and face the opposition? You know, for me, I oftentimes find myself at the extremes. Those extremes of moving forward and foolishness of just saying, I've got to do something, and I rush ahead. Or I respond by locking down in fear and saying, I'm not moving till I know exactly what this is going to look like, and that, <clears throat> excuse me, not COVID, just a cough. how I move forward, making sure that I can say exactly what the outcome is gonna be like. And so I hold back, waiting to see, I must have 100% that this is how this is gonna go. But seeing that, the Lord offers us an opportunity as we look at the life of Joshua and we see, we don't need to blast forward in foolishness. We don't need to hold back in fear. But we need to move forward and to stand and discerning faith, as we begin to cross over from one season 
into another season. And as we begin to let go of that which has been to that which will be. Because friends, we are living in an inciting incident and the status quo has been broken. And that which has got us here may not be the thing that helps us move forward. And so I wanna pray for you that you will use this as a tool for yourself and for your families and with your friends. That as you are moving forward and emerging in this season, that you begin to say, I don't wanna move in fear and I don't wanna move in foolishness. But I wanna move forward responding to God and this inciting incident with discerning faith. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, You are good and all that you do is good. I ask that you be with us in this time, Lord, as I close. That I will be so bold just to say that I feel that there is just change happening as we watch schools move from strictly online to a hybrid model. As we watch some workplaces begin to open up, as we watch some states begin to open up, Lord, I ask that as we move forward in this time that we will not be foolish that we will not just plow forward and say, bless this. And Lord, I pray that we will not be a people also that holds back in fear, that are terrified of what could happen. But that, Lord, we will be a people who with discerning faith hear your voice and see what you are doing and say yes to that. That with discerning faith, we will share that with others who are able to confirm that. That we'll look at the situation and the signs of things that are going on around us and we'll just say, yes, this is the time. Lord, I pray that we will also be a people who prepare from the littlest details to the biggest dream and vision for this next season. We prepare And Lord, I ask you, and I know that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I pray, Lord, that you will give us the courage to trust you in this timing. And that we will trust you as we go through the obstacles, just like Israel did with the Jordan. And Lord, that we will also trust you as we are facing opposition. And Lord, as we face opposition, may we not run foolishly towards it or fearfully away from it. God, I ask that I know you don't waste anything, but that you will use this season in my life and the life of our church, that this is an inciting incident that focuses us and leads us into a greater story with you. And I ask as, as we do this, it'll be a blessing to our neighbors and the generations that come after us. I pray that you may hear. I pray that you may prepare. And I pray that you may have courage. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah.
Amen.